Graves. Hi, welcome back to Get Mad with yours truly. I am Chris Graves. And uh sorry for sorry everybody for the late start. I have some health issues I'm dealing with and uh it's not looking too good. <laughs> but anyway, right now I'm going to get all the energy I have right now uh to introduce my uh my very special guest, a host of AM Wake Up and uh Slow News Day, Steve uh I don't want to butcher your name because I went to public school. So would you tell everyone your name for everybody, please? For sure, Chris. My name's Steve Poikinen, and as Chris mentioned, I host Slow News Day and AM Wake Up. Well, welcome to the show, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Heck yeah, man. I, I appreciate you, I guess, miraculously coming through and, you know, mustering. I had food poisoning last week. It sucked. Yeah, no, I have a, uh, I'm retaining water, uh, fluid in my body. So not to get too graphic with everybody, but, uh, it's, uh, the last few days. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to soldier on here, but, uh, just for, uh, for everyone that's not uh, familiar with your work and everything, um, uh, just tell, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you, uh, came to start the shows that you, you currently are on or even the shows before that maybe I'm not even aware of. Sure, man. So, uh, I've been doing, I've been doing this thing for about five years now, uh, in podcast video form. Uh, I have a little bit of a background in writing. Uh, I was fired once upon a time from the Nation Magazine's 2008 election blog team and, and kind of blacklisted for a bit. So uh, I took a bit of a, a pause. Uh, but there was a giant lane, it, I don't know, five, six years ago, the independent media landscape for people to sort of deconstruct what was going on in a nonpartisan manner that views politics as something that happens downstream from the decision-making process itself. Um, and, and people who weren't really like selling anything. There's a lot of people that sell solutions that always seem to end up driving them right back into, as my friend Ryan calls it, the two-party illusion. And, and that's not a particular mirage that I find myself parking the old camel at, if you know what I mean. So, um, just... You know, from that, from that perspective, I guess, trying to find a more complete picture, uh, of the world in which we live, uh, yeah. asking people smarter than me questions, things of that nature. That's, that's sort of what brought about the impetus for everything that I, I do in media. And there's been a few different incarnations of a few, uh, different basic concepts, uh, of, of shows. The, that mostly being, you know, slow news day and wake up. Yeah. Um, 
And if I'm talking too much or you want to jump in, let me know. No, 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 no. Yes, perfect. No, that like I'm learning some new stuff myself. If you don't mind me asking, if it's too um, too touchy a subject, just let me know. Um, what was the what was the reasoning behind you getting fired from the nation? Okay, so if if you recall back in 2008, it was basically the pioneer year for. Uh, election coverage in the media space outside of a handful of, you know, chat forums and stuff like that. Uh, and so the nation magazine had basically this, you know, open advertisement. Hey, we're looking for bloggers to talk about the you know, election season. And it was the democratic primary, Mike Gravel and Dennis Kucinich were running that year. And I thought they were at least entertaining out of all of the goofballs that were running that year. They were certainly entertaining. Mike yeah. Ravel at least had some, and it was interjecting some legitimate anti-war from a former veterans, you know, from a veterans perspective analysis into the conversation. And, and so I was like, okay, I'll write, you know, I'll write about these clowns. And, then they were very, very quickly pushed out of the race, and it formed up as a almost immediate three-way between uh, Obama, Hillary, and uh, John, John Edwards. So I was like, well, I don't know anything about this slick John Denver-looking fuck, so let's, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's take a look at him. And it turned out that he was a real scumbag. And he got pushed out of that race, I don't know, about halfway through it. It was well before the convention, I know that. Uh, at which point, I started looking at Barack Obama. And the whole time, I'm getting letters from upstairs, as it were, at the politics desk at the nation telling, you know, it's, you know, we had yeah. to remove this, tone this down, do this different, this, that, and the other. And... I, I, I was getting tired of it. I was already you know, having more fun doing other stuff. I wasn't making shit. It's not like they were doing anything to promote my work. I think they maybe published three out of the 20 some pieces I wrote for them. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like there were, most of it was, uh, redacted upon entry. <laughs> wow. Uh, so you, just cause they you, didn't like the tone. So you were really feeling the brunt of censorship even back in 08. Well, I was trying to write. I was trying to write honest, funny stuff about these candidates, and it wasn't flying because you know you could get stuff that you could get jokes in about Dennis Kucinich being an elf. You could, you definitely could. <laughs> I could totally uh, see that. Yeah. <laughs> you, but you know, I mean, if you were actually discussing any sort of policy that painted the empire itself in an overly critical light. Yeah. Or if you were approaching it from the point of view of somebody like, like me who doesn't believe that the state is a legitimate institution to begin with, some of that's eventually going to trickle into your, your writing. Right. Uh, so, you know, I wasn't making any friends to begin with. And, um, so I, so I started looking at Barack Obama and I wound up writing a piece that got me fired that then, then subsequently like, you know, to kind of black bar, blackballed from the, any sort of quote unquote, you know, mainstream independent publication. Uh, and I titled it Barack Obama Reagan with a tan. And I was just. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just quoting the guy, and then I would put it next to a quote of Ronald Reagan's, which was almost identical. Right, right. Yeah, or in some cases, a little bit harsher than what the old Gipper had uttered. And, and so I was just saying, look, if you're if you're serious about you know wanting to give your consent for this guy to be the next you know <laughs> ordered follower in the White House, yeah, the, this is what you're actually getting. I understand what he says on stage; it is gorgeous. <laughs> but at least, you, at least with the Gipper, we he had a past that we uh, could kind of trace back, you know. Yeah, and even those guys were like, "Look, this dude is dumb as a bag of hammers, but he can say the lines." And that was yeah. true up until about 1985. <laughs> yeah, and then he uh, he couldn't recall certain things during the Iran Contra, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and by the time he was on his way out of office, he had a a mild to demonstrable case of the Joe Bidens. <laughs> That's right. And he had an assassination attempt, supposedly, mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of murky details with that. <laughs> with too. his vice president's dinner guest. <laughs> dinner, yeah, his son's dinner guest for the next night. Yeah, yeah the Hinkley's there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, hope and change. Hope and change. Uh, <laughs> I fell for that the first time. I didn't fall for it the second time. And uh, I haven't voted ever since. So I learned my lesson. Um, but you actually wrote about John Edwards, too, right? Like, uh, I forgot. A little bit. Yeah, briefly. Kate, he was. Uh... I forgot that he was even a part of the 08 uh stratosphere or whatever i feel like in retrospect he was kind of a trial balloon for the gavin newsom archetype yeah i could see that i just remember all that shady stuff with uh i guess he i i don't know i can't recall exactly but some kind of an affair or uh, a pregnancy or something i don't know these guys are very <laughs> the very <laughs> kindest way to put it yeah is that uh is that he got caught absolutely red-handed cheating on his uh i believe his wife had cancer that's and, right. Yeah. And he even more of a scumbag. Yeah, and it was like, just it was the same year that we found out for the most part, the public at large found out that John McCain had left his first wife while she was dying of cancer in the hospital to go be with his second wife, who he in then turn cheated on uh with uh Cindy, his current wife with. Right, right. I forgot all about that part, that angle. And that was that was that whole, yeah, that was one of the whole, it was like, well, that was one of Obama's selling points. Look, look, he's not out there cheating. No, he found him a good man. Yeah, he found him a good man, yeah. <laughs> I remember that now, yeah. And, of course, he had, uh, he was tied up with the whole, uh, you know, missing in action and POW thing from the early 90s. That my uh, friend Donald Jeffries wrote about in his book Hidden History. Um, yeah, yeah. So he, you know, he had a, a weird background too. Um, 
Wow. So anyway, so, okay. So we, so when you left the nation uh, or when they, you know, they got rid of you because apparently they don't like free speech. um, What direction did your life go in uh, after that? Uh, I had a, a very young kid at the time. Anyway, uh, I just sort of hung back in the redwoods and went to construction shit like that for a long time uh i did you live like is what you're saying <laughs> yeah 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 fell 18 feet off the roof landed on my feet um oh wow yeah uh with no injury at all huh oh with lots of injury oh okay all right. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, was a superman, superman type scenario or something no 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 the, i had actually I had a bunch of doctors at like stanford and san jose valley medical center Tell me that I wouldn't uh, walk, let alone work again. Oh wow! Uh, but but I showed them. I sure do. Hurts like hell, but I sure do. And I don't think they're pharmaceutical heroin, so that's helpful. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it's just stuff like that. And just you know, hung out, so watched a lot the- of music. Put you on the trajectory to where you are currently uh, today, right? Like with the podcasting and everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, that's you coupled with a, a background of you know real punk rock and real hip hop and clean LSD and growing up in the eighties and nineties. Well, that's what I wanted to get into too with you a little bit. Uh, your punk rock, punk rock background. Um, well, basically, when did when did you discover punk rock? Because uh, I'm someone that's kind of, you know, you're probably more of a punk rocker than I ever was. But uh, I got into, like, thrash metal and punk and everything, like, back in, like, the mid-90s. My my introduction to it was a dude who uh, grew up, I don't know, a couple of, couple of miles away named Brad. <laughs> he had a brother, older brother named Don. And Don was straight up punk rock. And he was playing like joy division and the buzzcocks and the sex pistols and stuff like that around the house when we were in first second in third grade we had a joy division cover band because it was (laughs) easy as shit uh and that's also right or a little maybe a couple of years later was right around the time that like guar really broke and that was as a 12 year old kid one of the funnest things that you could possibly think of. Was so this is like, like the that. late eighties, right? Like, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I was born in seventy eight. Okay, I was, yeah, I was hatched in eighty three, so we're almost about the same. And so yeah, all all of that shit's happening. Bad religion was incredible. The Dead Kennedys were not bitches. It, you know, <laughs> until uh, uh, until you actually uh, you played some clips of Jello <laughs> recently that was disheartening, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Oh come on, man! This is the guy who used to go on like Geraldo and stuff and talk about like free speech and everything." It was so bad. It was so bad, Chris. But I my my I, uh, an older brother I didn't really know until I was a little bit older. But uh, Agent Orange was his jam, dude. He loved that band and yeah. so i wound up hearing a lot of that when i started to be like 11 12 13 years old uh, so that's that was the the punk that i was exposed to 
really early. Uh, and then we, you know, the, we would go the actual, the actual punk, in my opinion, because <laughs> people get yeah. that mixed up nowadays. Uh, Green Day is not punk, in my opinion. No, they're mall punk. Yeah, like, like, I can hot topic punk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, they they belong on tour with like Three Eleven and other bands that you get Blink, for Blink free yeah. on a CD when you buy the really expensive Vans jacket or something. <laughs> That's right, the Warp Tour, uh, yeah, compilation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, nothing. You know, there were some fantastic bands that played on the Warp Tour. There were. There were some up-and-coming bands that were really good. I, you know, I have no idea what the fuck happened to them. But, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm, you know, talking like, I'm talking like Misfits, Black Flag. Yeah. You know, that era, the actual punk rock. Yeah, yeah. If I, I don't know if you, you saw it or not, but I had a pretty good conversation. Michael Graves. From, yes, I did. I saw uh, that. Yeah. Second incarnation of the Misfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, that actually surprised me. Um, not, I don't know why it surprised me, but yeah, he's, he's got kind of like a conservative bent or uh, a religious bent rather, which, you know, no judgment here, but, uh, I, I didn't take him to be the type, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I actually like when I'm, I'm surprised by, uh, people and things like that. Yeah. He, he's adamant and apparently that's been his, you know, standard operating procedure as a professional musician his entire career. Especially in that industry to have that kind of stance, you know. Yeah, it it's gotta be it's gotta be wild being like a complete social outcast because you're the one yeah. <laughs> hardcore Christian in like the freaking punk and metal world. Which is, which is, which is fine. You know, I'm not casting any judgment. I just, uh, it was unexpected and, uh, I kind of like when uh, things are unexpected to be honest, you know? Oh no, me too. I, I felt like it was a good conversation. I'd be happy to have him on at any other point. And he had like pit bulls and all these, these other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Were you ever in a band besides the cup, the, um, the cover band were you ever in any uh regular bands oh yeah i mean i i played out in a bunch of whole bunch of different projects here and there over the years just for for a little bit of money or bar tab but not you know mostly because it got me out of the house and kept me partying for relatively free four or five nights a week (laughs) yeah Uh, that's awesome yeah. Were you ever into metal? Uh, I've played, I've played metal, and I've listened to and been a fan of, but I've never been in like an actual metal band. You know what I mean? Like a full on. Yeah. We're this is what we're doing. I haven't, I haven't been a part of a project like that, but it's a genre that I, you know, definitely enjoy and respect. And I, there used to be this big supposed like rift or divide between punk and metal, and it's not even fucking whatever, dude. It's all as far as I'm concerned. It, if it's fast and loud, and makes you want to headbutt your brother. It's you know, it's all fun. <laughs> yeah. All I fun always- for me. I always felt like Slayer kind of like kind of brought everyone together in a way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, at that, well, for that too, at that point too, like behemoth, you can get just about anybody <laughs> that's a fan that's of either true. punk or metal to sit down and be like, yeah, that's rad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you currently, uh, still in, like, a musician? Like, do you, do you, um, still actively record things or? I haven't played for shit since I started the content creation, man, and it's kind of a disappointment, but I just, I have not been able to fit yeah. any sort of consistent time in to do it, and now that I'm I'm back in California, and my kids are here for the summer, and I'm now living with my chick and her kid, and there's a whole crap ton of her family here that everybody's got <laughs> shit that they need a ham with. Like I am the last three weeks I've been busier than I have been in about two years. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I think I actually, I think uh, your audience was introduced to uh, the missus the other day. I, I think I saw there was a woman running down your driveway uh, yeah. <laughs> trying to chase down a tow truck or something. Bro, that tow truck, there was an RV parked on the street belonging to her mom and her grandma, and the tow truck freaking just scrape right down the side of it on the live stream. <laughs> she hightailed it out there. <laughs> freaking barefoot, dude. <laughs> you know, I didn't even know she was barefoot too. Wow. Yeah, bro. <laughs> this is the mountains, dude. <laughs> you kind of just looked over your shoulder. You're like, yeah, that's happening. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say it made my morning, but I was like, <laughs> I just watched some woman like hightail it down the driveway, like in, in real time. I don't bro. know. <laughs> he made a couple of people's morning that day. That was, that was wild. You was, know, it a, was it a positive conclusion? <laughs> like, nope. is that... It's it's ongoing, but oh, okay. uh, apparently, right. apparently the tow truck driver fibbed and oh. was like, "Oh, I called it in, I called it in," and then while uh, he was trying to leave, <laughs> yeah. yeah, while he's trying to clear out, I was just looking for a good place to turn around. Okay, right. and I called it in, and so uh, meanwhile it's turn, on a live stream. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't know that, so, so turns out, <laughs> yeah, turns out her grandma knows the dude that owns the towing company, so yeah. she called to check in on it, and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So now it's a thing, oh. um, and, and that dude's that dude's gonna be coughing up some some coin. Well, rightfully so. I mean, if it was a hit and run and you <laughs> literally it was on a live stream. So. Um, well, anyway, that's a good transition point. Um, you mentioned the uh, content creation. Uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about that? In terms of like what what happens on the shows or? Yeah, like what? Yeah. Like what well, like what? What basically um, led you to want to have like a whole like podcast network? I'm uh, a, I, I've always been a a big fan of uh, you know old school radio, and I grew up I grew up in the Midwest before they were nationally syndicated. That's where the Bob and Tom show was was out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, and I they were. You know, I mean, in hindsight, the Saturday Night Live of 
you know, morning radio. But that's only because Opie and Anthony happened after them. And then, so then I was a huge fan of Opie and Anthony. And I got to interview them in 1996 when they were at WAAF in Boston before they got chicaned from there. (laughs) That's so awesome. For saying that the mayor was dead or something, I think it was. Yeah. April Fool's joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's. Man, they had fun. They had fun. Way before Sex for Sam in Manhattan. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a solid almost 15 years. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe even 15 years. Not close. I don't know. It was, what, 2000, whatever. Anyway. But, yeah, yeah huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, huge fan of that show. And so just, I don't know, the, the approach, at least the approach to the approach to the morning show has always been to have that sort of spirit yeah that that sort of attitude um to want to be able to have 100% you know real sometimes yeah. emotional conversations <laughs> and you know get have comics come through and just do do the show that way but also it with in in the tradition of like the no agenda style media narrative deconstruction yeah because there you usually get people who will be entertaining when they're doing you know whatever passes for news but it's always pushing people back into that duopoly yeah yeah. Um, or you'll get people that do narrative deconstruction, but it's usually so it's usually so heavy that it's you very quickly becomes depressing, you know. So I, that's where the the I guess goal of trying to make sure that you're keeping at least some of it funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have to deal with that every week when I uh, I'm on a live stream. Uh, with the new prisoners that uh, we got the simulcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah it was just, awesome. Just sitting there with the the headlines just bums me out. I, it's weird because I can delve it. I dive into like conspiracies from the past and everything, no problem. But the headlines today just I don't know, makes all that stuff like pale in comparison for some reason. Well, it's because there's there's no stopping it. there's no stop to it. The, it's been, it seems like it's worse and worse than what was came before. <laughs> and it's one after the other after the other. If they're not getting the immediate reaction they want from massive train derailment, blah blah blah, it's okay. Yeah. Well, let's move on to you know Shooting. murder. Yeah. Murder bees, mass shooting, freaking uh, January sixth, like new war. <laughs> yeah, now you got to eat bugs. It's like, come on, <laughs> right? Oh, and by the way, we were talking about this on the show this morning, though. But there, there's going to be a huge push for nuclear energy, and it's starting to make a lot more sense why Bill Gates bought up all that farmland in light of the yeah. fact that he's got the nuclear reactor company going on in Wyoming with Warren Buffett and they had Bezos and a couple other people. 
Yeah, and that just uh, the timing is eerie because uh, I think Oliver Stone was just pushing nuclear energy on Joe Rogan like last mm-hmm. week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there is, I mean, there's an, probably a, an argument, not probably, there is an argument to be made for it. But, you know, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos aren't looking into nuclear technology because they absolutely want to make sure that they melt down their entire customer base. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? We want to keep some alive, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, it, the, you know, the, I think Spike Cohen's got a bunch of, a bunch of at least ideas. Uh, on nuclear, and I do think that there's probably something to be said for fission as opposed to fusion, but right. I'm not super well-versed enough in that argument to make it. I'm too stupid to yeah to even uh, get in the conversation, yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah, I don't know, like, uh, like a, I don't know what's going on anymore, but... Yeah. But let me ask you this. Now, I I don't know if it's a touchy subject or not. Uh, so just, you know, obviously you don't have to answer if you don't want. But are, is pasta still with you with AM Wake Up or did you? No. Huh? So in uh, in March, he went back to Florida. Um, and in fact, I just got a, a tweet out right now about having to deal with, uh, unexpected death in the family, but, uh, oh, yeah. he, his, he moved back to Florida because his mom's there. She's wasn't doing great. Um, he was already, you know, getting ready to do a whole bunch of stuff in Cuba and it's a $90 round trip from like his, from basically from his mom's house to the airport by there to Havana. Uh, it's about to be election season. That's his jam. Yeah. You know, so when, um, the thing that made like the, the thing that made that show work really well was that we were both in the studio together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then taking that, that element out of it, it's kind of just like, okay, well, we're doing a remote podcast like everybody else now. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and so that that uh, you know that element wasn't necessarily there. The live element, in terms of interacting in real time with somebody next to you, was pretty. I, in my opinion, like a pretty critical part of that dynamic. Um, but, but yeah, it was, and, all, but it was all amicable or whatever. Is that? Oh right yeah, thing? no, he popped in. He popped in on Friday. Yeah, I when, heard uh, that. Yeah, when, when I was talking with uh, with my buddy Keith McHenry. And, uh, and, yeah, no, the, you know, fun talk. Like, he had updated us on some stuff. It was getting ready to, like, you know, take the microphone to Cornell West Afro. And, yeah, I remember, yeah, <laughs> you heard that, too, yeah. He, no, I know. just wanted to ask just because uh, a couple people uh, wanted to find that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was, yeah, it was just uh, one of those things where, like, there's definite, the definite direction that he's going career-wise, period, and yeah. that. It's just not an element that features regularly at all on that show anyway. So, you know, um, yeah, it's been nothing but love for the dude. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I really like that dude. Um, Okay, so that that answered that. Um, (laughs) uh, I wanted to also ask you, how did you, um, basically, how did you become friends with, with Whitney Webb? So, uh, 
I want to say either late 2018 or very, very early 2019, uh, she had done an article in Mint Press on the dancing Israelis. Um, oh, yeah, that's the subject we're not allowed to talk about still about 9-11, apparently. Right, and I had a, a brand new, you know, it was basically the infancy of, of Slow News Day. It was showing even a year old yet or anything. I don't even know if it was six months at that point. Yeah. And, um, and so I DM'd her on Twitter, and I was like, hey, uh, you know, I enjoyed reading your work for for a while, blah, blah, smoke, whatever. And, uh, well, it's all true, but, you know, the polite. And um, could, yeah. would you would you please come on this show you've never heard of? And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, no, that sounds great, you know, whatever. That's um, where I'm at now, so I totally identify. <laughs> <laughs> it can be awkward, you know, but hey, we do what we got to do, I guess. Right? I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I, I understand where I'm at. I've learned that if you don't ask, you'll never know. So you might as well ask, and all they got to say is no, you know? Right? And Sometimes so she, you say yes. <laughs> well, yeah, and she wrote back, and she was like, yeah, sure, that'd be great, but I'll tell you what i i you know i just started a thing um if you if you could have a little bit of patience with me uh i promise you i will let you be the first person to interview me when this drops you know and, and i'm like okay whatever dude i did yeah fine so I, another three or four weeks go by and she DMs me again, and I I hadn't necessarily forgot about it, but I was kind of like, I think I got blown off, you know. Um, and uh, just kind of move on. I, I got you. Yeah, oh yeah. Was, you know, so she's like, hey, um, I have an article coming out Friday, and I think the the after you read the treatment of it, the you know, before we put you, she was like, "I'll send it to you before it goes live. Don't share it with anybody." But I think you'll agree that it's going to be even more interesting than the dancing Israelis thing. And it was uh, her very first article on the Epstein series that is now the two going into its third volume of book. Books, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, fuck, yeah. So I wound up being her first interview on that article, period. Wow. And then after that, uh, you know, we just we had her on the show a bunch of more times. And over the course of that, we just, just started being conversational. And then over the course of almost, you know, four years or so, four and a half years or something like that, become friends as a result of it. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. She's fantastic. Now, I wanted to also ask you, do you have like, um, do you have like a wish list of guests that you've been thinking about for a while? I mean, kind of, but I did still like, I was talking about this last night. It's. It's going to be hard for me to top the experience that I had with John McAfee, but I want to, that's what I'm chasing. That's oh, the dragon wow. I'm chasing for sure. I really, and I'm going to need to, to go do, I, I can't remember if, uh, Shelly or, or Booker is that hit him up or not, but, oh, she's um, cool. Max, she's, she's so cool. rad. 
Um, but Max Egan is somebody I really want to talk to. Um, oh, that's cool. I would, I would like to talk to Randall Carlson. Um, uh, I, I want to talk to Mike Tyson pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that would, you know, I he do. brought up, he brought up something on Joe Rogan, uh, last year, actually. I, like, I'm a big fan of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, this guy's work, but, uh, the late Dave McGowan. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wrote a whole, uh, series of articles called, uh, Cheney's Got a Gun. In mm-hmm. like 2005, around the time that Cheney shot his friend in the face and the friend had to apologize to him. <laughs> you, remember yeah. that whole, you remember that whole thing? Well, <laughs> Mike Tyson, uh, he, he didn't let it slip. He, he kind of went into it a little bit, but he, he basically was confirming pretty much what uh, I feel like most people in our uh, community probably already realized was a thing that rich people like Hunt poor people, you know, like the, that book, the most dangerous game and everything. <laughs> and that was basically what Dave McGowan wrote about with uh Cheney's got a gun, those uh, series of articles and Mike Tyson went into it. And yeah, I mean, that guy has so much money and everything, you know, that for him to just come out and say it like that, like, I, I'm like, he had to have, he had to have been on, you know, in the know. Oh, people hunt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, that would if, be the only thing I'd want to ask him about if I ever like came into contact with Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that thing that you talked about on Rogan, where you alluded <laughs> to the fact that you might know something about the most dangerous game, human <laughs> hunting. Yeah. Of the power elites with all the money and everything. Now, I'm not asking Mike Tyson, have you hunted a hobo? No. Because that would be wrong. But Mike Tyson, do you know anyone who's hunted a hobo? (laughs) Either that or just human ears taste like chicken. Right? Can I tell you how hard I laughed and for how long when those Mike Tyson bites came out and they were ear-shaped with... (laughs) <laughs> they were <laughs> talk about on the nose or on the ear rather. <laughs> I'm like, does Evander Holyfield get a piece of this? Yeah, that would, that would only be right, you know, like karmically at least. Just a little taste, just a little taste. <laughs> yeah, nibble some. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> wow, it just reminds also reminds me of uh, Reservoir Dogs with uh, Michael Madsen picking up uh, the guy's ear. He's like, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm a I'm a sick bastard. But, uh, I can't not hear that song. Stuck in without, the middle of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> it always brings it up. But hey, you know what? They got royalties from it. Screw it. You know. Oh man, yo, no. If you're if you're Jerry Rafferty or the estate yeah. of Jerry Rafferty, you're but you got to cook out every other weekend. That song, you just, you play that song and you play September and that's it. That's the whole cookout. Four hours. That's That's all you get. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let me think. Uh, Also, um, okay. So I kind of cut you off there with the Mike Tyson and the Dave McGowan of it all. But, um, do you have any punk rock guys like that are still kicking that you'd want to talk to on the show? You know, man, I mean, there's a jello biafra. (laughs) I, 
if if I got a chance to corner any of those guys, maybe. Um, are there any surviving members of Husker Do? I would love to talk to all of them. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Because, I mean, that band was freaking absolutely insane. Um, I mean, I got to meet Marky Ramone, but he, you know, he wasn't one of the original guys. And uh, he's kind of like Gene Simmons, where he's just, you know, he seems like he's just in it for a couple of bucks or whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, nice, I guess, guy, nice guy. I'm not saying anything. It'd be, it'd be cool to get stories from Ian McKay, but it's, you oh, know. Yeah. Like that, that would be awesome. I'd like that. Um, what about Iggy Pop? He didn't come out with any COVID videos. Like he show. really didn't. He really didn't. It'd be okay. it'd be interesting to get that dude. And I think I talked about this with Chuck. Um, but it would be it would be worthwhile to get the the almost Ted Nugent esque interview out of Johnny Rotten. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Because because he, he is a piece of shit, but <laughs> he's been right about a bunch of this stuff, and, and pretty early on, too. He was pretty Dude, ahead of the he, curve on a lot of this. And he was hanging out with, like, Stan Lee and Kevin Smith, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no, then, he was no, ahead of the curve, huh? But and then he went and tried to tell everybody about Harvey Weinstein, and everybody told him, "Shut the fuck up! You're a crazy Christian right wing Republican fucking white supremacist Nazi." And I met that guy, and he was <laughs> he was very creepy, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. yeah, he was at the AMC in Burbank. It was at a test screening of that movie uh, Fanboys that barely came out. Yeah, I went up to him. I, I was, I knew exactly who he was just because I was a big fan of, you know, Quentin Tarantino, Kevin Smith, and he kind of gave all of them their start and everything. And I went and I shook the bastard's hand. I said, "Oh, I hope to work for you someday." And then ten years later, he's on all the magazines, Hollywood's monster. And I'm like, "Oh my god, what did I do? <laughs> who did I shake hands with?" You know, but it was kind of like an open. It was an open secret anyway. Everyone kind of knew he was a creep even back then, I guess, but. Uh, I don't know. I guess I was clouded, but I mean, if you if you're not on the inside of that circle, then you're definitely not a part of that. Everyone, though, and he definitely was not there with his wife, though. It was some supermodel. No, I'm not even kidding. He was with some very young lady. But uh, yeah, this is January 2008. Anyway, so but that that's besides the point. Uh, no, the uh, what was the other thing? Um, Johnny Rotten. Actually, I think he spoke out before anyone else did about Jimmy Jimmy Saville or Savile or whatever. Well, yeah, they threw him off of the BBC and like basically had him kicked out of the studios. Yeah, I and I saw that interview. Mm-hmm. But he was right. Hundred <laughs> percent, he was right. So he knew. So other people had to have known before that too. I don't know. I well, I mean, you you figure you figure at that point it's almost royal gossip. Yeah. yeah. So that's a pretty big wide circle of people that know, but it's also a pretty wide circle of know, (laughs) you know, of all people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but I did, you know, the he wasn't those... exactly royalty. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like, so if he knew, then most people over there had to have known. 
Yeah, well, the way that I understand it, at least, is that that was a pretty, a pretty open secret, it, at least in the entertainment world for, you know. So it was like a Weinstein thing, because that was, I mean, Seth MacFarlane was doing Weinstein jokes at the Oscars and stuff, and people would just giggle nervously and everything. They all yeah. knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. well, there's, uh, what did they call him? They call him the gatekeeper or something like that. Yeah. You they're Daryl Stroop called him God, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which a couple of times. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. Um, and then there was something, you know, there was there there was an I watched a mashup of it over a week or so ago. Yeah. All of these days are blending together, man. I know, dude. Yeah, especially since the lockdown and everything. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, you know, so we'll just take a, a, a quick five-minute break, and uh, we'll be right back with Steve. Uh, he's an uh, awesome guy and uh, host of AM Wake Up and the Slow News Day, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Mad with Chris Graves. And my guest, Steve, from AM Wake Up is with me right now. Uh, Steve, I wanted to ask you, what would you say is your favorite? Well, maybe not favorite because, you know, some of these things are really macabre. But what is the most intriguing conspiracy theory that that kind of got you going? Um, Let's see. Well, when, when I was... I uh, fourteen, fifteen. I got a copy of Behold a Pale Horse. And oh wow! Right, right around the time that they were publishing uh, Industrial Society and its future, maybe yeah. a year before, something like that. So really, the whole, uh, the whole like. I guess movement into the transhumanist sort of panopticon that Whitney describes, that's kind of always been my, my overarching thing. But, but, um, along with that at the time, we also had the X-Files shoved down our throats and I was definitely, uh, a huge fan of Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. And I, you know, would just wild out at night listening to that as a kid on the radio. And it it was, uh, so, you know, definitely the whole like UFO slash, uh, blue beam sort of psyop conspiracy was a, a definite foot in the door sort of thing. Well, well, now that you mentioned that, um, the everyday, like the headlines nowadays, seem to be straight out of the Project Bluebeam uh, playbook. What are your thoughts on those that are coming out as of late? I put out a tweet the other day, and I was like, "Hey guys, call me crazy, but maybe, maybe it's the aliens that are fake and the tyrannical government that's real." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
It's true. <laughs> and I really, I, you know, we've, I think there's all been, dude, everybody has that sort of collective consciousness moment where yeah. it's like, holy crap, dude, I'm now the one telling my normie friends, like, hey, dude, they're lying to you about aliens. No, aliens yeah. <laughs> Let's back it up a little bit here, buddy. <laughs> the exact opposite of what we were saying for years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's no, it's weird. so corny though. The people that they have coming out to do disclosure are just it's the most the whistleblowers. Yeah. Oh, if they came from the obvious plant plant company, it yeah. would be <laughs> <laughs> And now I heard there was an article uh, earlier today about AI uh, an AI Jesus that's been appearing. I don't know if you saw that article. I I did a story about a, a church that conducted a whole service with an AI pastor, but I don't think I I don't know if I've seen AI Jesus. I've seen a couple yeah. of things about an AI religion, but right. <laughs> right now this is an AI Jesus that people observed. Oh and my! If I, if I remember correctly, that was the other part of Bluebeam that people don't really talk about as much as the alien part. If I remember right, the other plan was to project like Buddha and Jesus and all these other religious figures into the sky at a certain point. And there was also an Antichrist component. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And if that's correct, if the thing I read today was correct, then and we're also getting the alien uh, portion of it, too. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if they're – I, I always feel like these things are always diversions from other things that they're doing in the background or even out in front, out in the open. So I don't know with the nuclear talks and all this stuff, like with uh, in, in the Ukraine situation and this and that and, you know, Biden shenanigans, Trump shenanigans. I don't know what to make of the whole thing, to be honest, but Bluebeam seems to be – what they're pushing lately well and if they can't if they couldn't do that then they'll tease the cyber pandemic and yes. the grid collapse like they did last week and uh well the beta they, test for that was texas wasn't it that's how i felt I remember when texas went and the whole blackout people died in the winter and everything in texas yeah texas, yeah i felt like that was a, a beta test for that too well, and it happens here in California every time there's a wildfire or something yeah. like that. Or the, uh, we were the, talking to the energy cartel here. Yeah. Uh, if it's a little bit too windy, they'll give rolling blackouts all over the state. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, our grid, our infrastructure can't handle wind. Well, motherfucker, what have you been doing with my, you know, $387 a month? Yeah. What the hell, dude? And then you fucking... <laughs> and then we have like uh, what was it? The um, C Canadian wildfires, like almost causing a uh, you know a solar blackout or orange out or whatever you want to call it. Made the the skies orange in in New York City the other day. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what, as someone who's been in wildfires, whether or not they were organic in origin, totally. But when the forest burns and houses and stuff burn with it, it does yeah. make that exact freaking color. I've, I've been in it, drove through it, stood in it, tried to pull horses up into a trailer in it. That was fun. 
<laughs> that was fun. It just reminds me of the wildfires in California, like during the lockdown, too. Yeah, I had to evacuate my my house during those. Wow, wow! Did you um, did you did you have any close calls like during that time? Is it just a little teeny tiny bit? Not me. It wasn't bad. It was just did driving over a little bit of fire because there was a branch in the road that it was wow, okay. in the process, you know. But and you didn't see was... like cars like all of a sudden like uh, bursting into flames. And, like, no, 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 no. The the there was fire on the road where I was driving a few times. There was, you know, the road was burning on the other side of me in a couple of, that was pretty, that was hectic on the get out of a particular area called Ziani. But the other I would, have been, that, I would have been shitting my pants thinking like, oh, well, the wind's going to like change direction and I'm going to be screwed. I, you, you know, you know, you're the wind's not going to make the fire jump out in the road onto the pavement in front of you. So as long as it doesn't blow anything through yeah. you. You're, you're pretty much good. And you, there was, you know, the one direction that you could go. So you were going to go it. Yeah. And if, and if there's a traffic jam, you, yeah, you're kind of screwed there. Yeah. There's nobody out there, man. It was, it, it was one of those like you, you're here because there are animals that need to go someplace and everybody knows you're not really supposed to be here, but everybody's going to let you do it. And then now you can leave. You know, if you don't mind me asking, was that um, was that on like the five? No, no. So this was uh, the Santa Cruz Mountains. It, it is oh, the, okay. clo- the closest big highway would be the 101. OK, because I remember just driving up the five for like six hours to San Fran from L.A. Yeah. 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 yeah no, maybe the- that was the road you were talking about, maybe. No, it's uh no, that's where where I was is, is way more coastal, but yeah. it was up in the woods. Okay. All right. All right. So that I had it all wrong then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then th- there were fires on the opposite side of the state too in like Paradise, Grass Valley and all that stuff, and those were really bad too. Yeah, I remember that time I had people that I uh pe- people close to me that were there at the time. Yeah, that was uh, not a good time. Um, but, yeah, so um, just in closing, I wanted to ask you, you have any uh, projects coming up or anything you're working on or any writing or anything? So, yeah, uh, there, lately I've noticed that there's been a, a huge uptick in second to final round funding or release of product for synthesized psychedelics that have basically none of the none of the the you know what we would think of as like the spiritual components to it they don't have any of the things that make you trip in them effectively it's just here let's make your mind malleable now go see the therapist and i don't like that um, (laughs) peter thiel and a bunch of the usual scumbags are involved in it so uh what what i'm gonna start doing is i think every other monday or maybe once a month i'm going to do an hour on that 
And then um, the best bits of that or the most essential bits of that are going to become a book with some new stuff in it. Uh, and then all of it ridiculously sourced. So, uh, that's a project that's up and coming. And then I am, like I said, I'm back in California, but I'm back in California because I've got the, uh, ability and opportunity to steward a very nice little chunk of land. So, um, incorporated into that is going to be, uh, a lot of videos on, um, you know, setting up a homestead on how to run water from, you know, whatever, what you're like living off the land and everything like stuff that people should probably know, but probably don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, how to build simple structures, how to, what, you know, what a, a, a predator safe chicken coop looks like this, that, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But, um, Get, trying awesome. to, you know, trying to make it fun, trying to make it fun too. Uh, so that's uh, a great service too. Gonna be, gonna be incorporating that into part of the overall routine. Um, and then I also do a show on Tuesday nights with my friend Sugar and my you know, former neighbor Teal, uh, called Blunt Force Wisdom, where we get, uh, high as a Christmas moon and just sort of <laughs> check out from, all the other stuff that uh, I normally talk about, and we go in on the culture war nonsense and, and all of the lunacy around it, and yeah, talk shit, have fun. Now, uh, I'm going to uh, dare to say this. Um, your friend Sugar, is that Sugar Breast? Sugar Tits, yes, sir. Sugar tits. Yes, sir. Okay. Sugar Tits, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then my my uh, producer here, uh, Chuck Ocelli, had her on, and uh, I had to tell everyone uh, when my show ended that stay tuned for Sugar Tits, and I had to reassure them it wasn't me that he was going to be talking. Yeah. To. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was always fun. But and anyway, all of a sudden, they were expecting Tim Dillon. Yeah, Tim Dillon. Oh, I would love to talk to Tim Dillon, but, yeah, speaking of Sugar Tits. Fun. yeah, That'd be fun. <laughs> Anyway, so this has been awesome, Steve. So just tell everyone uh, how they can contact you and where they can uh, find your work and your shows and everything. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the easiest thing to do is to go to the website, amwakeupshow.com, and then click on the newsletter thing, and that will keep you up to date about everything. Um, Other than that, we're on Rockfin, Rumble, and wherever you can – catch a a spotify or what used to be anchor cast podcast what about Um, your merchandise too and then well that's on the website uh merch store is on the website link to the direct link to the merch store is in the description of every video which again uh you've am wake up uh on rockfin um rumble you got some awesome t-shirts by the way got some fantastic t niche but fantastic. <laughs> if you need a t-shirt, wear. Yeah. You need a t-shirt that has Bill Cooper riding a pale horse. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that. You need that shirt. You can go <laughs> check us that. out. 
I'd love to see what you do with like a Dave McGowan shirt or something like. <laughs> we'll come up with. We should. We should come up with. We should do a whole series. Yeah, like, uh, Laurel, like Laurel, Laurel Canyon Dave McGowan uh, program to kill shirt or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, are you, if you guys are you familiar with uh, Lindsay Sharman from Rogueways and uh, and Day Zero. I've heard her before, yeah. Okay. The artwork that she has on a lot of her thumbnails uh, yeah. is her, her dude, who's a good buddy of mine, and, and he did the artwork for Bill Cooper, and he did the uh, Unabomber shirt. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's another, yeah. Hey, that's a timely one right now, too. Really is, really is. <laughs> the, the OG Uncle Ted shirt, good yeah. stuff. <laughs> Uncle Ted and uh, you got Charlie Manson and everything. Yeah. Okay. But this has been awesome, Steve. I, I really appreciate it. We got to do it again soon, all right? Absolutely, my friend. Thank you very much for having me on. And thank you for uh, thank you for being here. And uh, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I have. And uh, we'll see you next time.